Welcome to the Back Row Ravens Show, where we talk all things Baltimore Ravens. From player news, rumors, and even fantasy football expectations. And now, your hosts, Bob and Blake. What is up, Ravens fans, and welcome to another episode of the Back Row Ravens Show, part of the Back Row Network of Podcasts. Bob Miller and Blake Ramey here. Thank you for making us part of your day. Blake, how are you, sir? How was week 13 for you? It was great. Um, I'm tired of these games now. I'm tired of these Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday games. I'm ready to get these done. I'm going to miss my Sundays. Yeah, well, they're that. behind us. Yeah, they are. Thank God. Well, just get this I Monday over with. And, yeah, get this, get this Cleveland game over with. Then we're back to our Sundays, I believe. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff going on, man. We got a lot to talk about. You know, we're going to go over some, you know, the latest Ravens news and rumors. We're going to always, you know, what we always do is recap the last week's game and we're going to preview next week's game. So, um, uh, yeah, you know, first, did you make the fantasy playoffs? I mean, this is week 13, well, week 14. So it's the first week, the first round of your fantasy playoffs. Are you, did you, did you get I, into um... some of them or what? I so I'm in three money leagues. I'm in uh, two of my playoffs, I believe. Two of my playoffs right now, and one I'm the one seed, and the other I'm the four seed, I believe. And I have I have side bets going on. That's how confident I am. Oh wow, you are. A, I'm not gonna lie, man. You're a little ballsy. You talk a lot of shit. You you yeah, you, you, you are, man. You, <laughs> <laughs> you do, do, man. You you're you're that guy, man. It cracks me I got, up. I I got there. seventy bucks right on this uh, other game. I'm real confident. Yeah, good, I, good matchups. I'm feeling good. So, so I uh, I commission a league. I've been running for like uh, it's a dynasty league. I've been running for like over I think twelve, thirteen years now. Um, and and in a twelve or thirteen years, I think I've only won it once or something. You know, it's kind of kind of wild. You know, and I've won it more than once. I think. Anyways, you know, it's a dynasty league. We use IDP players, so we've got all the defensive players uh, as well. Um, and I changed the playoff format this year. Um, you know how you've got these guys in your league that they score a lot of points, but they, but they just had, you know, crappy luck during the season where like they might've scored a shit ton of points, but the guy they were playing happened to score just a few more. It really, you know, it happens to all of us. So what I did is I changed my playoff setup this year, and I announced it, you know, over the, you know, at the beginning of the season, this is what we're going to do, this is the changes and the adjustments we're going to make, and what I did in my league is I said six teams are going to make the playoffs, the top three records get in automatically, after that, I'm going to take the top three scoring teams, and those will be your fourth, fifth, and sixth seed. And so, you know, it it kind of worked out okay, but one team got left out that, you know, if, if it went just based off of records, this one team would have been in, but he didn't score more points. That He was like the, I don't know. Anyways, one team didn't make the playoffs because of it, and one team did and uh, because of the points. Happy camper. I, I haven't heard from him, but... Um, I think other people in my league were kind of weird about it because 
I was I was kind of dancing that fine line because I was one of those people that owned like Nick Chubb and and like Saquon and shit like that and I had a lot of injuries and and I have Lamar in that league and Lamar in fantasy has kind of underperformed he has not been he's not been putting up the points like a Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, even when Dak Prescott was was playing, you know, the, the amount of points he was putting up, like a Justin Herbert, like these guys really, really blew up. Um, it kind of left Lamar, you know, a little bit, you know, back in the dust. And so um, I have a lot of, in, you know, a lot of leagues where I'm invested in Lamar. And, uh, you know, he, he's been, as far as fantasy-wise, fairly kind of middle of the pack, you know, so... You know, right. I, I, you, should, hey, you should be good though with this these next couple games. It's pretty good for him uh, schedule wise. Yeah, yeah, but this particular league, I really got upset because I made a trade right before the trade deadline. There was this guy that was out of the, he was out of it. Like I'm not making the playoffs, yada yada. And and it's a dynasty, and 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 he put Christian McCaffrey up for grabs. And McCaffrey was obviously hurt. And I'm the one. He said I, he put it on a on a group chat. He said McCaffrey's up. Uh, whoever get I'm gonna make I'm gonna trade him tomorrow. Whoever makes me the best offer gets him. So all kinds of people threw offers at him, but he took my offer. I sent him something, and I said, "Man, why don't you just why don't you just level with me and tell me what it would take off my team to get him?" He said, "Give me Tyree Kill and your first round pick, your first round rookie oh, pick." Wow. And so I said, "All right, let's do it." And and I was pretty deep at wide receiver, you know. I had some pretty good guys like Kenny Galladay, who's not played for crap. He barely even played this year. Um, I had Galladay and Cooper Cup and Juju and Hollywood. Um, I had some decent guys, so I could actually spare Tyreek Hill. Oh, Lord, that hurts. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're getting back Christian McCaffrey. You're talking like the guy, the best fantasy player to have. Period. So. Um, I got him, got to use him the following week. When The following week is when he came <laughs> back. I used him that once, and damn it, I haven't seen him since. And this is the first round of the playoffs, so I was like, okay, I'm firing McCaffrey up this weekend, and now he's not playing. And I'm like, golly. Oh, it kills me. Kills me. But I've That has to sting as well, especially when you watch Tyreek go for like 60 points. Oh, dude, trust me, trust me. I heard that from plenty of people in that league. Like, I bet you're regretting it now. And I'm like, oh, kiss my ass. We'll see in the playoffs. <laughs> and I still can't talk any trash, you know. But uh, I've got some decent running backs to fall back on, you know, after making a few moves. You know, I've got uh, – I still have Nick Chubb, and I've got, like, you know, Ronald Jones and a couple of other guys I can kind of plug and play. Um, so hopefully I can sneak – you know, sneak out. Uh, you know, Gibson, and he was on a roll, and then uh, he decided to get some turf to us, So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's been a been a wild year. It's been a wild year, to say the least. So, I don't know. Anyways, well, let's get some of this Ravens news. I I think probably our listeners could give a flying crap about our fantasy team. <laughs> so, uh, you know, sorry, folks, for wasting five minutes of your life right there that you'll never get back. So, uh, all right, so let's start with some of this Ravens news, dude. Blake, what the hell's going on with Des Bryant, man? Is this guy sick or not? Does he have COVID or not? What the hell is going man, on here? Well, according to him, he doesn't sound like he's sick, and he's running five miles, so it doesn't appear he's sick. But I mean, the way this COVID testing is like incredibly inaccurate, I mean, you never really know. I think so. I know he got added to the COVID list, but I am 
I, I don't want to say this is 100% sure because, like, again, it's a weird year and I don't really know all the COVID rules. But I'm pretty sure if he tests negative up until game day, I'm pretty sure he can play. I'm pretty sure he's eligible to come off the list. So, I I, I mean, if he doesn't test positive, like, uh, I don't know what you do, to be honest yeah. with you. Because- I mean, he, te- he, he had two negative tests and he puts it all over, like, Twitter. Like, hey, I've tested, you know, I, I don't get this. And then all of a sudden, the Ravens put him on the COVID list. And then didn't he test again today? And yes, it came back negative. negative again? And I look, and people will give him, you know, shit, or, yeah, shit, because he's Dez. But, I mean, like you said today, like, he does, he's not trying to be a pain, but he doesn't understand. Like, no one does. But everyone just has to follow the rules because, I mean, the rules are the rules. But, I mean, I, I'd imagine it's pretty frustrating that – I mean, especially because the Dallas game, I think that one really oh, is hitting yeah. home with him as well. I mean, as you can all imagine, why? But I mean, he's not really getting a clear answer because no one has one for and him. And he's not sick. He's right, not exactly. sick. He's just like, oh, I've been tested positive for COVID. Like, ironically, coincidentally, right before the freaking Dallas game, and oh shit, every day since then, I've tested negative. Like Jerry Jones, you bastard! How did you do this to me? <laughs> and he's he's clearly not sick, as you said, because I mean, like I said, he's he tweeted out he's running five miles today. I mean, like there's guys like Lamar. I, I watched his uh, his presser yesterday, and he said he was just made him incredibly tired. He didn't really do much. He was just super tired and didn't do anything. But Dez is clearly asymptomatic. He's running miles, and I I don't I, I feel for the guy. I really do. I do I re- too. It's like we, he's been on the team for we're going on t- almost two months, I think it is, and we've only seen him play in two games. And one of those games, he, he only had three catches. So I don't know. It's yeah. he's been productive, and now you're, you're not seeing him on the field. It really does suck. It really does because we were all so hopeful, especially for that Dallas game. I think that's where we all wanted to see him. Gosh, that would have been awesome. Right. Uh, how how dare the the you know NFL take that away from us? So. And, I mean, he, he was brought in to just help us with this postseason push, and we're not getting him. I don't know. It just sucks. Like, it, it, I mean, it, it's not, no one's happy about it, but also no one really knows. Like, and I, I'd imagine week 14, we still got a couple weeks left. I, these last couple weeks are going to get pretty wacky, I can imagine. Yeah, we're in this uh, home stretch, and, um, you know, some of the games coming up. I mean, obviously, we're going to get into the Cleveland game before we get over, uh, before we end this episode, but. You know, New York is not a slouch. I mean, that defense has really, really come on. So, yeah, I mean, we're all these games are must-win games. You know, even Monday night. You know, some I've heard a lot of people say, "Well, you know, if we lose to Cleveland, we're it's okay. You know, we could, you know, we can still be ten and six and make the playoffs." Like, you know, I don't in the AFC, man. I don't know. You know, I yeah. really don't know. The picture is getting really tight. Luckily, we do have that that Colts tiebreaker. That's very big. Yeah, but this um, and the Dolphins' schedule doesn't look too great. But then the Raiders, I mean, they're not looking particularly great. I, I can't imagine they feel too good, especially after a, a close Jets game and they won because of a cover zero blitz. But um, man, I I think we could make it at ten and six. But why would you want to even want to risk that? Like, these are games are all winnable. You just beat this team that you're playing on Monday week. I mean, obviously it was week one, but like, don't count yourself out of it. Like, I'm, I'm definitely. The Browns are a good team, but I'm definitely not counting us out. Like, 100%. No chance. It's going to be a ball game. 
No, without yes, a doubt. Is. But we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We'll get into that here in a few. But, uh, you know, what's some other news that's been going on today? I see that, uh, that the Ravens brought in Alex Boone for a, a workout. What's going on with that? Yeah, there's not too much to say about it. Uh, I just woke up this morning and I saw that they brought in because Alex Boone was retired before this year started, and I know yeah. he wanted to make a return. So I mean, he hasn't played since I think it was 2018, I believe, with the Vikings, and they gave him a pretty sizable deal. But um, I, if I had to read into this, I know we just lost um, our practice squad tackle. I think it's Will Holden. He just got uh, claimed off our squ- our practice squad by the Colts. It, it was. Mm-hmm. And now that we moved Phillips out to tackle, Tyree Phillips, that is, um, I, I'm assuming we're just trying to get some more depth at right guard. And, I mean, at this point, like, it's week 14. I mean, the more bodies, the better. And, I mean, when Boone played, he was one of the best interior linemen in the league. So, I mean, I don't, I don't see how this hurts. Like, he's not going to get a lot of money, and he's probably just going to be on your practice squad. So, like, why not? I yeah. mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's no risk and high reward. Right. It's I nothing mean, big, like it's nothing crazy, but it's just. It's like Des Bryant. I mean, you have right, nothing right. to lose here. But exactly. you know, the thing it really sucks about you know Will Holden, he played all right, but you know, probably more than anything, you probably don't know this. My son, his name is Holden, and he's a and he's a diehard Ravens fan. So there was a a thought there of like getting a jersey that said you know Holden. <laughs> Or something like that, you know. It was kind of kind of funny, and I almost, Event. you know, I, I've been kind of his his name is Holden Collins, so um, yeah, he's my stepson. So I almost, you know, when the Alex Collins played, you know, when Alex Collins played for us, I I got him a an Alex Collins jersey as well, yeah, and so well. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I loved some damn Alex Collins though. Yeah, that's, we that's do. my dude, man. Hey, I love he's back that guy. now, and he's killing us, so. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy for him, man. I'm glad he got back in the league, man. I'm, I'm really, I hope he does well. Right back where he, uh, where he started. So, <laughs> interesting. Exactly. All right, yes. well, what's some other news out there, man? Calais Campbell didn't practice today. What's up with that? Um, I don't think. I mean, I, I read John Harbaugh. I watched his professor earlier in the week. He said that Calais escaped the game healthy. So I'd imagine he, he's fine. It seems like he's on track to play, but um. I don't know. When I did watch that Dallas game, I don't know if you noticed, but I mean, it looked like he wasn't even really putting weight on the calf. Yeah, so, I, mean, I wasn't going to. I was probably going to save that for like our good, bad, and the ugly, but we can get into it now. Calais just, I mean, he played, but bro, right, he, he was he, there. He, he, was, he was there, but he, he, he was there. not Calais Campbell. He wasn't really disrupting he wasn't that force that he's that we we're accustomed to and uh he looked pretty slow on that thing like he was yeah right and you know just people were yeah. getting on him a little bit because obviously we weren't generating any pass rush but like he it's not you can tell he was rushed back yeah i'm just glad that he 100%. did not further well, hurt himself and i'm glad they did just because right and then uh, so it looks like he's on track to play. I mean, obviously it's a Monday game, so the, I don't know the Friday practices. Usually, when you guys play or a team plays Sunday and a, a player doesn't practice Friday, it's a, a sign that they're probably not going to play. But I, for Monday games, I think it's pretty different. So, uh, and Jimmy Smith is another one I was keeping an eye on just because our corners seem to be they that was not good out there on against Dallas, and I mm-hmm. think that's safe to say. But and I don't know Jimmy Smith. As unreliable as he's been over the years, just being on the field and whatever, all the extracurricular stuff he was involved in, 
man, he's having an incredible year. Like, if Jimmy Smith has been on the field for every game this year, I think it's fair, and it's definitely not unreasonable to say he's having a Pro Bowl year. Like, the numbers are there. I don't think he's going to make it because he's not, like, a crazy household name and Pro Bowl's all fan voting. But, like, the number, like, he's been playing incredibly well, and I'm glad we brought him back this last offseason. But I don't know, man. I really hope he needs to be there. <laughs> he really does. Yeah, yeah, he does. Uh, it, you, especially you, in this game. Because when you don't have him on the field, like, he's just so physical, and that's why I've always loved Jimmy Smith ever since he was drafted here. He's just, he, him and Ron Humphrey are very similar, like, play style. Just so physical, can make the tackles. I don't know, I love them both. Love it. Yeah. Could so, hey, man, what about, that, uh, what about that report from Benjamin Albright? Yeah, that just came out not too long. I think it was like a half hour, 45 minutes ago. And I think I everyone kind of saw this coming, maybe. Maybe not so early, but clearly they want to capitalize on how good he's been playing, especially with, like, no Calais or Brandon Williams in the lineup. He, I mean, Derek Wilson has been playing very good football this past mm, – Tennessee, this past, like, really the whole season. But like, these last couple weeks, he's really turned up a notch. And I'm interested to see what his extension looks like. But, yeah, I'm all for this movie. It makes me very happy. Yeah, yeah. He has played, I mean, gosh, almighty. Like, at first, I was like, eh. You know, right. You know, just a guy, you know, an above-average guy. But uh, these last three ball games, he has been playing out of this world. Yeah, and he, it's another guy, like, I know we've mentioned this on previous podcasts. He has that, that Raven mentality. And what I mean by that is, and I've said it before, that there's a lot of guys that, that are just, it seems like they're meant to be a Raven. And there, there was Marcus Peters. I always thought he was meant to be one. I, I, I wanted him ever since he was drafted. But they just have that mentality, like that play like a Raven mentality. And everyone knows what I'm talking about, if you're a Ravens fan, obviously. He just... He's just got it, and I think he's going to be here for the rest of his career. I'd be willing to make that. I mean, if the play stays, uh, if the play translates on the field, he's going to be here the rest of his career. I feel. Let me ask you this: You talk about these guys that are meant to be Ravens that you kind of wanted. What's some other guys out there right now that you think like this guy should be a Raven? Um, hmm. One, I, I mean, obviously, I don't know how star studded you want to get. I'm but just, anybody, man. No one is off limits. I'm thinking someone like Jalen Ramsey or something, you know? Jalen Ramsey, see, Jalen Ramsey was one. Like, a lot of these guys that have come up in trade conversations, like Jamal Adams. Like, I, just those defensive guys who have that defensive mindset. There's probably some more I can probably think of, but Jamal Adams was one. Yeah. Um, anybody else that I really... J, I don't know. Hear me out here. J.J. Watt. I always thought he could have been that Raven mentality. Just, I mean, we all we all know JJ Watt. Everyone knows oh, yeah. JJ Watt. If you've ever watched his mic'd up, like he just seems like he could, he could be a Raven. Um, anybody else that I could? I think I know we had him for like three days, but Michael Brockers. I always thought he could have made a good Raven too. Man, you you see him on the field, like especially yesterday. He just has so much energy, and I love Derek Wolf, but Michael Brockers. I mean, he's really been the glue. I mean, I know they have Aaron Donald, obviously. I mean, I don't even need to talk about him, but he's really been the glue, <laughs> the glue of that Rams D line. And I mean, that, I mean that that's been all right. I'm gonna many I'm, I'm gonna throw something at you real quick. There you go. 
two yeah. players right now, two players that are not Ravens, two players that if you could snap your fingers just like that, just like that, and put them on our team, just two, who would it be? Mm, two, let me think. Okay. I want to, ideally, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay realistic here, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, okay, there's two, Darius Leonard. I love Darius Leonard. I, I've always felt okay. he was an underrated player. Okay. And then I'm, I'm going to go TJ Watt. I'm not going to say TJ Watt, though. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep him out of this. I think I'm going to go Khalil Mack. Okay. Okay. Khalil Mack and Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard. Okay. So you went kind of linebacker, defensive end there. I start my – dude, I start with Aaron Donald. Oh, yeah. I'm star. I I give me Aaron Donald. Give me all of that Aaron Donald, and uh, oh gosh, it's got to be a wide receiver. Give me a, I, I, you know. Oh wait, did you say? Um, wait a minute. What was your question? Did you? I say- said name two guys. Just any two guys in the NFL right oh, now that you could make okay. Ravens. I thought you wanted two defense. I'm so sorry. No, no. I'm. I, I, that's what I'm saying, man. Aaron Donald and and and. I don't know if I want to go Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, or like, you know, DK Metcalf, but it'd be something like that. You know, one of these top wide receivers. I'm going to go Khalil Mack, and then I'm going to throw one guy who I really, really want, and I'll be advertising him all offseason, Allen Robinson. Mm. Hasn't dropped a ball all year. That's what we're looking for. I And I don't, like, again, I don't want to get too far removed from the Cowboys game, but this is what we're looking for, like, we're looking for a guy who's going to come out and we know what we're getting. And he, I think he's that guy. I, I would love, I think you got to go receiver. I think, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, man, oh, I'm so tired of the Ravens. And for years, we, we, we've, man, I, I'm, tired of doing, I'm tired of doing the Ravens draft experiment. I'm tired of it. Yeah. As much as I, I want to go in and get a first round guy, don't just make the right pick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know who they got over in Pittsburgh drafting all these wide receivers and pulling them out of the hat like it just seems like pittsburgh can can draft the receiver with their eyes closed and 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 and, are... and, and roethlisberger is so underrated man he's such a damn good player oh yeah he you is. know you yeah. can't have a good wide receiver without having a good quarterback i mean joe montana would not have been joe montana without rice and vice versa okay so and, you know. It just seems like we're the polar opposite. Like I don't know who we got the scouting these guys. Like, and look, I'm all for Hollywood. I already Brown. told you what the problem, man, dude. We've got it's it. That's our curse. Just like the Orioles with pitching, they can't draft uh-huh. a they can't uh-huh. draft a pitcher and they can't develop a pitcher to save their oh, life. My. Same thing with Baltimore and uh, same thing with the Ravens it's and wide receivers. Thing. It's funny you said. I actually tweeted that out like I think it was like a month ago when I was in Florida. I said that same thing. I'm telling you it. It's just forcing them on the field, and I, I, the, when I watch the Orioles, I see guys that, like Dylan Bundy is one that I can think of, oh. to just force him out on the on the mound, and stunts his confidence. Like I like what they're doing now, and I like the approach they're taking with all their younger guys, keeping them down in the minors, build them up, don't force them because we're not winning anything. For a while, I thought we'd make a postseason push, but. We're not building anything, and it goes hand in hand with the Ravens. It really does. Oh, don't again, get me started. Don't get me started on these Orioles pitchers, man. Like, I can I can take you back. 
Yeah, and look, and it's not draft season yet, and we're not even we're we're nearing it, but we're not super close. And I'd like to get into it. Looking at this class like early, man, last year's class was good, but this class wide receiver wise could be better. Just as good, if not better. That's crazy. And That's crazy it, it to is, say it, that. It is crazy to say that. But when you start looking at these, some of these guys, like I, one I'm really, really in love with, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. Whenever you get a chance, anybody, go look at him. He's insane. <laughs> but, um, man, I, I really wouldn't even be opposed to going wide receiver in the draft and wide receiver in free agency. I just feel, and it was the same for Flacco, I felt for years that our front office failed to put a great offense around Flacco, and I don't want the same to happen for Lamar. I really don't. It really hurt Flacco uh, moving forward because all he did was just check down all the time. He was like, you know, everyone knew Flacco to have this huge arm and he could just chuck it down the field. And I remember, man, we how many Ravens games did we watch where all we thought to ourselves is like, damn it, Flacco, throw the damn thing down the field. Like, take a shot. Take a couple of shots. And, and, and it never happened. And all he would do was just... You know, drop it off to, yeah, he'd drop it off to, you know, Ray Rice or whoever the hell was playing for us at the time, you know? So it's going back to um, last year's draft, I remember DeCosta and Harbaugh would always use the word, they want to be unguardable. And look, and I know they'll never hear this, but I promise you, you will never be unguardable with Miles Boykin on your field. Uh, it It just won't happen. I'm tired of our guys being run blockers and not going out and being a threat. I'm so tired of it. Yeah. And Hollywood Brown, as much as we love him, I love him personally, he's not a one. And I think a lot of people have to accept that. I was one of them. He's a two at best. But, I mean, it's not like he's a he's a poor player. I mean, the Ravens have had some very, very bad luck drafting receivers in first rounds. Like, I think it goes Travis, Travis Taylor, is it? You you don't even know nothing about no yeah. Travis Taylor. Well, Come on now. I, oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I know the name. I didn't watch him play, obviously. Travis Taylor was, I think, golly, man, what that was the year we took Jamal Lewis in the first yes. round, man. We took Jamal Lewis and Travis Taylor in the first round. And then there goes Mark Clayton. I, I know Mark Clayton. Oh my gosh, Mark Clayton. Oh lord. And those two just there are on the team for a combined eight years. <laughs> like, oh, oh yeah, man, and yeah. It, and I was just talking to my friend about this today. Like, so Hollywood Brown, right? And obviously these guys know they, they get paid to do this. But just looking at Hollywood Brown, right? And personally, I don't know who you wanted. I was a DK Metcalf guy. Uh, that's, that's who I wanted. But how can you not want him? You know what I mean? Like, he's he runs a, four, a damn near a 4-3. He looks like that. You know what he looks like. God. How can you and, and you don't take him because of a uh, dude? Eight uh, eight other teams passed on him, you know, and took other wide receivers. So we can't just uh, shoot oh, ourselves yeah. in the foot or anything. But I'll tell you, the other one that really sticks out to me, wide receiver wise, is is Calvin Ridley. When we took oh. Hayden, mm. when we took Hayden Hurst, and I love Hayden Hurst, but when we took him and then Calvin Ridley was sitting right there, I said, "Oh my gosh." I, I, you know, I, I, f- I, I faked it. I was like, yeah, we got friggin' Hayden Hurst. Hell yeah, 26-year-old tight end. You know, <laughs> I was, I would, dude, I just faked it, faked it, faked it. And then a few picks later, we take, no. 
we take Lamar. So I was like, okay, you know, whatever. It made me, it took that bad taste out of my mouth pretty quickly. So. And look, I always had a bad taste in my mouth about that one. And people over the years, I don't know if it's for the love of Hayden Hurst or whatever it is, but someone said, well, you got to think about it. It wasn't a pick for Lamar. It was a pick for Flacco. But even then, like, you don't think Ridley was a better – you can never go wrong. And this is one thing I've always – We needed believed. a wide receiver, and then right. we, you, but we needed tied in too. Right. You can never go wrong with an Alabama receiver. You never really can. <laughs> and, I mean, there's probably a couple that I'm blanking on, but I feel like nine times out of ten, if you pick an Alabama receiver, you're going to get something pretty good. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about – we can all say about Hayden Hurst – is we wish him well, but thank you, Hayden Hurst, for be you know for turning yep. into J.K. Yep. Dobbins, right? And thank and, you, hey. and thank you, Flacco, for turning into Justice Hill. <laughs> <laughs> and, and really, truly, from that Hayden Hurst deal, everyone really got kind of got um like a good, good end of the state. I mean, Hayden Hurst is doing great things over in Atlanta, and man, he's one of those guys I wish could have been on the team longer. But I mean, he made the ultimate sacrifice, and we got Dobbins now. But man, I loved Hayden Hurst for the short time he was here. Yeah, loved him, loved him. Good, uh, good dude, man. I love seeing that story right. coming out. You ready to break so, down this game? Let's break it down, bro. Let's, let's break it down. The good, the bad, and the ugly with this Cowboys game, and we're gonna go ahead and spoil this for you folks out there. There's plenty of good, not very much bad, and only one thing that we consider ugly. And I'm so, pretty sure was everyone this only ugly last week too. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, seems but... like a reoccurring theme. So let's start with the good. And the good, we start with Lamar Jackson. Listen, he missed a couple of throws. I'm going to say this. There was three throws I can think of right off the bat where that one he sailed, um, where he threw it a little sidearm, and then there's two he threw in the ground. Um, we'll forgive him. You know, he had COVID and all this jazz and didn't practice very much. So We'll give it a pass, but man, that when he dropped that dime on Hollywood, rolling out to his left. Oh mm. my God! Mm. It do, it really doesn't get better than that. Like, <laughs> it really doesn't. No, it, uh, there, it, there's a couple that he missed, and there's one I actually want to talk about. Do you remember? You know, go back with me. The throw where he rolls out to the right, and it's, it just seems like a really a broken down play. And Miles Boykin, the throw was to Miles Boykin. And it looks like Lamar just like misses him. It looks like a, 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 I mean, it looks like a pretty routine throw. And it looks like on the TV broadcast, Lamar just misses him. Jalen Smith actually, and I posted on my Twitter, like I think it was yesterday. Jalen Smith actually gets his hand on the ball, and I mean, a lot of people were getting on Lamar about that. I mean, to be I mean, granted, he could have. Was I mean, that I the one that kind of sailed over his head? Uh, yes, I believe. No. Okay. Uh, it might have been. I know it was in the end zone. It was an end zone shot. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I, that was one of the ones where he kind of threw it in the dirt. He short yes, hopped it. Yes, he yes, short hopped yes, it to him. Yeah, yes. that was. There was two of those where I mean, yeah, he was. He could have gotten that pass to him, and he threw. It. <laughs> I mean, he missed. He he threw it right to the damn ground. Okay. And J- Jalen Smith got his hand on that ball. Gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, I do want to talk about that, but I mean, other than that, like it just looked like old fashioned Lamar. Yeah, man. I mean, he was 12 for 17. He had only 107 yards passing, but he had two passing touchdowns, one to Hollywood and one to Miles Boykin. So that was kind of cool, you know, to see right. that. Oh, uh, my God. But, but he had thir- 
Yeah, he had 13 carries for 94 yards, and then obviously on that fourth and two, uh, you know, he had that 37-yard touchdown that I think Van Der Esch is still looking around right yeah, now yes. trying to figure out where the hell Lamar is. So uh, uh, I think that's, my, by the way, I think that's Miles Boykin's first target in four games. Yeah. 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 And I think he only had, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I only think he had three targets in this game. He only had one catch. That, that, I mean, look, I, again, I don't want to take anything away from him because, I mean, he got open and it was a touchdown. And it, it would just seem like I'm hating on him at this point. But did it not look like he almost blew that? Okay, you just took the did words it, right out of my mouth. I just said that might have been that was one of the uglier touchdowns. Did it uh, not? Like it, it like yes. it, again, it's all yes. speculation. But I mean, from my eyes, yeah, it, it was like ugly. He almost blew that. And if he it was ugly. That, yeah, oh, it was man. just a janky little touchdown that I was like, oh, don't don't screw this up again. Okay, he's in there. All right, good. And I said, hey, if he drops that, you got to cut him tomorrow morning. Like, oh, oh my god, oh, that would gosh. be ugly, and that would have left a horrible taste in my mouth. Oh yeah, you know, welcome to Brashad Perry man oh, land. Oh my god, you know. So yeah. And also, another interesting thing I, I read. Um, well, I don't, I don't know why I was just look, looking at Lamar's past couple of seasons. So he this game actually makes him nine and zero against NFC teams. Never lost to one in his career. Interesting. Never. And if he, I mean, we only have one more on the schedule. It's the New York Giants, which isn't a gimme, but if he beats them, obviously he'll be ten or no. Just something to think about. But anybody, anything else that we want? Oh, we got to get to that running game. Oh yeah, I mean, gosh, how are we yeah. not going to talk? You know, we talked about Miles Boykin, but let's let's before we get to the to the running game, let's talk about Hollywood. Okay, uh, eight targets. He had eight targets in this game. Kind of weird. He had five catches and only 39 yards. I mean, if you would think that Hollywood Brown would have five catches in a game, you have to think that it's going to be more than 39 yards, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so, At yeah. This point, I just feel like they're trying to get him active and just get him get him touches. Because, I mean, I mean, it's better than him just getting his cardio in out there yeah, and running just... around. Yeah, get him involved. I mean, he had a touchdown. He had the, he he fantastic play. He kept his feet in there, man. Wonderful. Hats off to Hollywood. But uh, we want to see more than you know more of that. You know, eight targets made me happy. Well, and, and if you start throwing to him down low and just, I mean, if you put the ball in a playmaker's hand, which he is, and he's not really a rat guy, I wouldn't say. I mean, he's not super physical. And if you put the ball in his hand, like he's a speedster, he can make a play and. We got run blockers on the field, so, I mean, why not give him a little screen here and there and let him just try to work with the ball? And also, again, going back to if they just give him these, like, again, not everything has to be a home run hitter. I mean, you can get these little dump-off passes, but as long as they're respecting him down low, I mean, that'll open it up down the field as well. Like, granted, we did play Dallas, and they're a dumpster fire. I just want to keep seeing more of this, and... He played good against Cleveland at week one, so why can't he do it again? Especially with Denzel Ward possibly being out. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so the, the the receivers played a pretty good ball game there. I was pretty happy with that. So now we can talk about the running game because, oh, that was just tasty. I mean, that was just fun to watch, wasn't it? I know it? you loved that. You oh, loved absolutely school, loved it. That old school Baltimore Ravens football, just love it. Yeah, and, and, and listen, our offensive line played played pretty well, but D- Dallas's defensive line just oh my oh gosh, my that man. was just putrid. 
So, yeah, I mean, it was fun to to feast. It just reminded me of, like, you're playing somebody just sucks ass at Madden, and you're just like, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. I'm just going to run this ball and just destroy you. That's what that reminded me of. Because, I mean, Gus Edwards had seven carries for 101 yards. I, I mean, look, I don't care gosh. who we're playing. Like, I think this just shows you, like, what this Dobbins, Gus Edwards one two punch is capable of and like i mean i ran it again it was dallas but i mean like they did it against pittsburgh so it's it's not just i mean not just any running back can do this to dallas like it takes a still a special kind of guy and man we we really struck gold we do we i, I there's not many positions on our field where i can say like we we have a we have that guy but we have those guys like and Justice Hill is not a slouch either, and he'll get his eventually, but we won't get to him yet. But mm-hmm. as much as I love him, we'll get to him in here in a second. Mm-hmm. And then I, you said the O line, man, Ben Powers, finally, finally, we we get something out of him. I mean, I've loved him ever since he came out of Oklahoma, and I always wondered, like, like is he in Harbaugh's doghouse? Like, what's his deal? And he finally got his first start, and he and it looks like it looks it's gonna be that way going forward because they moved Phillips out to right tackle. Man, we got something there, and if he keeps playing good, my what I wanted to draft in the first round was a interior O lineman. If he keeps playing good, I don't think we have to. Yeah, and and is there a cooler name for an offensive lineman than Powers? <laughs> right. I mean, honestly, is that just not cool or what? So yeah. Yeah, good point there with Ben Powers. He played a hell of a ball game. So proud of, uh, so proud of him, and really excited to see what we have there with him. And you know, moving forward, he's just going to get better. And just knock on wood that he stays healthy. So right. All right. So uh, yeah, let's talk about that Derek Wolf guy again. You know, like we said, man, he is killing it right now. He had you know one and a half, basically two tackles for loss in this game. He was wreaking havoc. Um, he was picking up the slack, even though. Uh, you know, Calais just wasn't himself. Brandon Williams played a pretty good ball game, but man, Derek Wolf was the guy on the defensive line. Now, no sacks or anything like that. You know, we're going to get into that here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, but ha- you know, as far as our defensive line, our defense in general, hats off to Derek Wolf again. He's really playing his heart out. So the Ravens see that. They want more of that. They don't want to see him go anywhere. That's the reason why they're looking to maybe extend him a couple of more years. So, and, I mean, there's no better time to be playing your best football in, than week 14 and the end of the year and going into a potential playoff push. And to be honest with you, if we get Calais Campbell back fully healthy, Derek Wolf stays in this form, and then Brandon, you know, we all know what we get out of Brandon Williams. Man, I'm ready to take on virtually anybody oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah yeah let's 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 calm down there a little bit there man. no I, no I, I got you man I, i'm telling you this team right and again this could be the fan of me like i just can't imagine as a seven seed like baltimore will be a tough seven seed oh, ain't nobody want nobody wants to play us i don't care what seed we are no one wants a part of that Nobody wants part of that action, and 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 I agree about that defense. I think this is the first time. I mean, Monday night against the Browns is the first time since Week Nine that our you know we're gonna have Derek Wolf, Brandon Williams, Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe, and Matthew Judon all playing together. I mean, since Week Nine. So let's keep that in mind. That's it's it's been a while. 
so definitely looking forward to that, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, Calais Campbell can be a little bit better, a little bit faster, and uh, you know, wreak havoc like we're all uh, used to him doing there. So, yeah, that was good. That you know, that was the good. That was the good. Now. You're starting to come around Ooh. on the bad. I actually, now. I, I don't. Real quick, before we transition go ahead, to the go bad, ahead. I want to give one shout out, and I know you'll love it. Patrick Queen, first career interception. Love yeah. It. Oh, good for him. I'm so glad. And 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 and, and Ty, it was it Tyus Bowser that got the interception in the end zone that they didn't call. L.J. Fort. It was L.J. Fort. That's right. Yep. Yep. Gosh, Almighty. You know, good job for him. You know, he, that was an interception in our hearts. So whatever. Good job for you. All right, so we're talking about the bad. We're talking about the bad. And and you put this in our notes. I didn't type this in because I usually type him in. And, and, And I think last week we kind of disagreed about him, but it looks like you're coming around. And Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters. People are, these teams are finding his way. They're starting to exploit him. And I mean, that... Amari Cooper touchdown or whatever where he where yeah, Peters bad. just he didn't even look like he knew what the hell he was doing or where he was going and 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 that was later in the game there was a handful of plays throughout the game that was like that a lot and so I don't know what's going on with him but he's got to make some adjustments I mean these teams are making adjustments and he's not so first thing he needs to do is is admit You know, it's almost like someone that's, you know, an alcoholic or they're on drugs or something and they go to rehab. You know, the first part of getting better is admitting, you know, you have a problem or that you made a mistake or anything. So I think someone, Peters needs to get his head out of his butt and figure out what these teams are doing. I don't know if you, uh, it's funny, I don't know if you saw his tweet uh, right after the game. He actually posted like a... uh, it's like a little gif of I think it's Prince in the in the gif and I'm, it's like him shaking his head like I I think he's aware he, I think he's just bummed out really and I think there's no better week to to really relight that spark and get going against the, the the team he talks trash against the most against Jarvis Landry who just really called the corners out but um yeah I, I really really needs to get his act together especially this point in the year. But I, I mean, I think he will. I mean, he's not having a, a bum year, I wouldn't say, but it's definitely not the Peters that we saw last year. I think no, no. But I'm going to say this now before you know we're going to talk about the Cleveland game here in a couple of minutes. But I'm calling it now. Marcus Peters will have an interception on Monday night. I like that. Uh, you know, it's fine. I was thinking that same thing a couple of days ago, just because. I mean, it, uh, granted, it depends what Baker we see, but if they keep testing him, hey, look. I don't care how down in the dumps Marcus Peters is. Don't keep testing him because one of these times he's going to get you. I promise he'll get you. Yep. Just when you don't expect it. I'm calling it. Calling it now. All right, let's let's you know, let's move on to Mark Ingram. Uh, listen, we love the guy. Love him so oh, much. Man. We don't have a bad thing in the world to say about him, but, you know, he's not a bad running back at all. You know, he's not a dinosaur but a lot of people consider him to be but when you have Dobbins and and Gus Edwards playing the way that they are right now it just makes Mark Ingram look mediocre at best look Mark Ingram I I I mean every Ravens fan has a lot of love for him but when when I see him walk out there for first down I quiver I I I 
I, I can't deal with it because you don't get like why would you not bring Dobbins out? I, and it's really been a problem for me all season. And same for Gus. And Mark Ingram would start on a lot of football teams. I feel. And again, he's Mark Ingram, so I he there's no reason to disrespect him, but he's just not giving you the same production as those two other guys. That, and that's all it is. Exact. You're exactly right. That's all that it is. It's we're not knocking Mark Ingram, but the he's not a home run threat. He's not really a threat at all, I guess. And 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 I don't mean that in a bad way, but I mean we saw what we saw what Gus did. I mean Gus was run hitting the hole and he was gone. J.K. was the same way. Um, and then you would see Mark get in there and then he'd uh, bust up for like seven yards, six yards. And, and, and we're complaining about that. Gosh, shame on me, you know, that he's getting six or seven yards and it's just a boring six or seven because he's gone down. But, like, there's not that threat of any kind of a big play when it comes to Mark Ingram. And I think that's what it is when you have Gus and especially J.K. He just looks slow. He He's not as fast. He's not as shifty as J.K. And he's damn sure not as strong as as Gus so he's kind of that complimentary player you know he's he's a good backup now uh but we need to get uh we need to get those other guys a, a few more touches and um you know just kind of let's let's transition into that because hey we're out here trying to win these ball games we're not trying to you know make people you know make some players happy or keep them satisfied we got to win these every one of these games are super important so yeah, and I, I mean, there's not, again, I don't want to beat it at horse, but I mean, it's just the truth. Like, you're not getting the same production. And on first down, you don't want to see Mark Ingram out there. And if you do, it's not the right move. But um, yeah, I, I think every every fan feels the same way about that. So again, I don't yeah. want to get redundant, but I guess we <laughs> let's let's hit this D line. Let's hit this D. Yeah, the the defensive line is going to be in our bad and and and. You know, we've talked about Calais Campbell. Like, we don't want to kick someone when they're down. I mean, Calais Campbell uh, definitely was not himself. Brandon Williams actually played, uh, you know, pretty well. And then we talked about Derek Wolf. So how the hell is the D-line, you know, in our bat? And I'll tell you, it's going to be Yannick Ngakwe for me. I, bro, I mean, how many people are so super excited about him coming to Baltimore, but I think he's what played five games with us now, and he's got one sack. Yeah, and to be honest with you, I I try not to look at sack numbers anymore, just because I feel like the sacks don't determine how great a player is actually being. And I mean, again, he's not jumping off your screen like people thought he would. And also, we don't have Judon in the game, but even with Judon, they haven't been a, like a great pass rush, but. He's getting there. He just can't finish it up. Like I, I'm pretty sure he had three hurries against them. He's getting a lot of pressure. He's pressuring more than a lot of people in this league, but he just can't finish it off. And I don't know if the ball is getting out too quick. Our secondary is just getting attacked. Like our secondary hasn't been fully healthy in quite a bit, but, man, I really hope in these last couple of weeks, especially since he's going to be looking for a deal or whatever they decide to do with him, hope he just starts jumping off my screen i hope yeah i'm gonna be honest right now man he looks like matthew judon to me right and again i mean i know again, oh, we, gosh, we you know i don't yeah. like 
we have we have Bowser this year up his contracts up Sanford Judon Sanford um Ngakwe. so again like what who do you who would you bring back let me ask you that it's Yannick I mean it, it it's Ngakwe. it's not even right. close for me because like, that hasn't changed for me yeah because his his best years are still probably in front of him I mean we're we're right in the prime of him you know at his age uh, Matthew Judon's best years are probably behind him, and I still think he's got uh, a lot of productivity ahead of him. But it's not like a it, it's it's you know our our boy that went up to Green Bay. It's not like oh, Zedzaria Smith. Oh, please. Oh, yeah, it's not God. like that. Uh, you know, I don't think we're gonna look at Matthew Judon playing in like Seattle or somewhere and going, damn. I wished he wouldn't have got away, you know. I mean, oh, I don't man. think we're going to have that at that all. You just said that. Not, I'm not the sorry. Judon part, but Green Bay, man. I oh, know. man. That, but, I think about that every day. Yannick, Ngakwe would be that guy if he if he ended up going anywhere else and, you know, and he's got 10 sacks, 11 sacks in a season or something, we'd be kicking ourselves. Well, um, and I so. think it's funny you say that because I think if roles are reversed and Judon, say, I mean, we've all been wanting Ngakwe since – since Jacksonville, I can't say the same for Judon. Like no one ever. I mean, Judon was up for trade talks in this past off season, and no one like. I mean, I follow a lot of sports fans, and no one was like, "Go get Judon, go get Judon." Like he's not one of those players. You know what I mean? And Grant, like I love Judon, and I always will, and always have. But he, you, you get what you get. You know what I mean? Like I don't see him getting some huge contract. No, nope. you know, nope. 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 Uh, I don't. Unless it's a team. Unless it's a team like New York, who is just gets super desperate and just pulling a trigger, like he, I don't just don't see it happening. No, I I absolutely agree. You know he's gonna have to. I don't see him back in Baltimore at all. But uh, I don't see him breaking the bank by any means. I think he'll get paid. He'll get some pretty good money. The only way I see him back is on a tag for us. But again, I don't think he's gonna want to play under the tag two years in a row. But um. I just got screamed at, sorry. Yeah, I heard that. Heard somebody heard that? in the background, hey! <laughs> That's my dad, sorry. There Dude! Oh, there you go. He just said, oh, is he on his podcast? Yeah, yes, I am. Yes. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the deep, yeah, we were just <laughs> talking about Judon and, and all of that Shout jazz. Shout out to my but, dad. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to dads everywhere. All right, but yeah, yeah, so uh, yeah, the defensive line just underperformed. I, I really expected a little bit more out of them, actually a lot more, but uh, I, now I'm just being kind of spoiled. You know, I really wanted to see them feast, and, and it just didn't happen, so. Um, the only ugly thing, I mean, that it oh seems like, it is the referees, man. This, and it, this it could have been one of the me. worst officiated games I've seen in a while. It goes both ways, like, it's not just like against Baltimore. Like it, it's, I mean, for us too. Like Deshaun Elliott, pretty much. I don't know what was he was a Gallup. He pretty much tackled Gallup right in front of an official. The yeah, right, official. like right before the end of the first half. Like and nothing, no call. And no. again, like I mean, what? Well, it's a missed call. Well, am I complaining about it? No, no, not at all. But like, come on, man. Because I know if it was if the roles were switched, like I'd be freaking out. There was some like, bad holding calls in this game that you go back and look at him. Like, where was the hold? Uh, gosh, I mean, there's the, the the like you said the LJ Fort play. Like, oh, where, that was it could have been that could have number one that would have been an interception. The ball would have gone to us, and they wouldn't have scored. You know, 
Um, and just as far as the ugly as well, man, is is Legatron. I mean, golly. Oh, I got a real bone to pick with Joe Buck. Oh. You know, Zerline, just, I mean, dude, it, that guy's probably having nightmares tonight. I mean. Can we, can we just talk about that jinx? That, that, that. They do it every damn time, man. They do it it. every time. Every time a kicker, especially when it's Tucker, comes up, oh, he hasn't missed one and such. You know, they got to say something because they're hoping, and I'm telling, they're hoping that the person misses so that they can say, oh, I didn't mean to jinx him. Yeah, you did. I couldn't watch a game, not gonna lie. I don't think I could watch a game without commentary. Maybe I could. That, and by the way, that kick was good. It went over the left ha- left uh, goal post. It was good. They would. I wish they'd have showed a camera angle underneath that. That wait, was- wait, wait a minute. Was Tucker's missed kick good? I'm thinking it was. I'm thinking it was close, but I'm I'm calling it good. I don't think it was a bad kick, but uh, hey, those refs were right underneath there, so whatever. What do I know? I was just but, watching it on and, TV. And I, I hear Joe Buck laughing, and it God, it bothers me so much. Oh, it, that that one really digs at me, but. I don't know. Hey, he's still the best kicker in the league. Don't, don't he's the best it. kicker of all time. Yeah, right. Isn't that uh, wild that. that we've that the Ravens? That's that's something that's really really neat. That's something so cool. Is a lot of people take it take it for granted what they have or what they get to see, and you know, there's a lot of it that I I, I can say in baseball where I used to tell people ten years ago, like watch Albert Pujols like you need to appreciate what you're seeing here because this is one of the best like hitters of all time and especially one of the best right-handed hitters of all time and and we get to see like you can hear about Babe Ruth and you, you know Mickey Mantle and you you know some of these guys like I I grew up watching obviously Cal Ripken I watched Tony Gwynn Tony Gwynn was one of the best hitters I've ever seen in my life and you know, you look back, Nolan Ryan, I, I I was a kid growing up watching Nolan Ryan and, and watching these guys and looking back at it now and going, oh my gosh, it's like Michael Jordan. You hear all these stories about Michael Jordan or Bo Jackson or Joe Montana, like how great these guys were and you miss those. Um, and, and, and so I was telling people like, you know, this is like watching Michael Jordan, guys, watch Pujols. And what I'm getting at here is is this team and watching someone like Justin Tucker. When we got to watch Ray Lewis, Ed right. Reed. Ed Reed's the best free safety to ever play in the NFL. You know, Ray Lewis is the best inside linebacker to ever play in the NFL. Justin Tucker is the best kicker to ever play in the NFL. We're watching this right now, which is really, really cool. Obviously, we got years between us, but I, I think that's funny because, like, I mean, I know the guys you just named, but again, I didn't watch them growing up, so I'm on the other, the other end of the spectrum. And I, I guys that like I always grew up watching and I loved, obviously Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, but like um, Kobe Bryant was always one. I, I mean, and ever, ever since what happened, like, man, I God, Kobe was just incredible to watch, and he's someone I'll tell my grandkids about when they're here. But um, Mike Trout is another one. He's he's my favorite baseball player, 100 percent, and. He's probably one of the probably the best or best baseball player I've ever seen. I I, I would say that. So again, I, I I really like your message. Just appreciate what you're watching. LeBron James is one. Just 
I like. That I, I have a I have that a hard good. time. You know, I have a hard time I, with LeBron. I'm I'm a LeBron hater, and I hate to say the word hate because it's a bad bad word. I don't like using it. I'm just using it as a term. I don't, and I, I think I know what you mean here. He's he's I, such a damn baby. I mean, for a guy that's six foot eight, six foot nine, two hundred and seventy pounds, two hundred and eighty pounds. For someone really, to barely touch him, and then he goes down, or he just all really of a sudden... Really, truly, at that point, it's just, it's just basketball. <laughs> just I'm basketball just like, God, I hate... And here and it is. Know, like you said, I got years on you. I watched the 90s, man. Like, I, that was, like, when I was your age, okay? I mean... Um, I was watching these Celtics and, 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 and the Pistons and the Lakers and the Bulls and what, man, I, you know, the Knicks with John Starks and Patrick Ewing and uh, watched all these games that were just, you know, physical and you watch the NBA now and I like the NBA, but damn it. I mean, it's the, the, every, uh, every five seconds, there's a damn whistle. There's a foul. There's something and it drives me crazy. And even like, and the damn Euro step, you know, now we're talking about the freaking NBA. That Euro step is bullshit, man. That is trap. <laughs> that is traveling all damn day, man. Golly. That's awful. Especially when you guys, you got guys like, like Giannis, like who are seven one and hitting Euro steps. Like it doesn't even look right, but. I think I mean it's it's what you said. I mean, luckily, I mean I'm I'm 18 now, so luckily I caught some of the the good years of football with the Ravens Steelers rivalry with you know Hines and Ray and Ed and all them. But it, when I used to watch those games, like even watching the the Ravens Steelers now, again it's the rivalry, but it's just not the same. You know what I mean? And that's why I I'm so glad that I was able to see like those physical games like. One of the my, one of my favorite hits. It wasn't a Raven Steelers game, but Bernard Pollard hitting Ridley, taking taking his helmet. You know what I mean? Mm. Just you don't get that anymore. You don't. Mm. It's just yeah. it's, watching football is completely different now. And again, this all goes full circle to what we just said. The refs, like it, it, the refs are such a big part of the game now, and they're pretty much having their own reality show whenever a call is being made. But man, oh those damn refs, and it's and it's. Look, it's league-wide, too, because there's so many games that have been poorly officiated this year. Like, I, I mean, I don't think the league will call them out on it and I, because, it, I mean, it's been a problem for years. But, like, it needs to be addressed because there's been some bad calls. There has Very been. There's some ba- there's been some bad no calls, too, as well. So, yeah, yeah, that's something that needs and, – and we're not saying it's just the Ravens. It's not just us. Oh, no, it, it, it is. It's, it's league-wide. Hell, the, 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 the freaking Cowboys got screwed off of a couple of, call, you know, no calls in this game against us. So, you know, we'll admit that as well. But, shit, a blind man could have seen that, that you know – you know, Joker holding, uh, I think, Gallup right. and, you know, slick, you know, turning him around. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Well, let's, uh, before we get all, you know, get out of here, let's talk a little bit about this upcoming Browns game. I mean, we've kind of touched on it here and there throughout the episode. Obviously, you said Denzel Ward hasn't been practicing and is questionable Ooh. right now. And I, I actually do want to add one more thing to that because uh, I've been looking at the Browns injury report. Yeah. Uh, Austin Hooper just got added to that uh, within the last hour I saw. With a neck injury. He got injured yesterday, so if it's the neck, I mean, the neck's very, very sensitive spot, especially for trainers, but I wouldn't expect him Monday. But, um, I mean, if he's out, that's pretty big for us. Granted, he's not a, a huge part, but it's just another body you don't have to account for. 
Death Note War would be pretty big, though. Interesting to know. I did not see that. Thanks for uh, kind of sharing that there. So, listen, man. Jarvis Landry's running that nah, mouth. The homegirls. Well, one of the homegirls. The other one's hurt. Yeah. Yeah, Jarvis, he's just running that mouth. He says our corners like to grab and hold. Do you know what, Jarvis? You're friggin' right. All right? You sure do. We like getting physical with guys here. You're not going to get a damn thing easy on us. All right, you know, so, you know, get over it. But I will tell you this. Jarvis always wears our ass out. <laughs> yeah, he does. Oh, my God. I'm not afraid to admit that. Damn right he does. I'm telling you, if I'm playing day, if I get on DraftKings or something this weekend, dude, I mean, if it wasn't a Monday night game, I'd be taking Jarvis Landry all day. But he'd be the first wide receiver I'd take on my team because, golly, that guy is, he just, he's, he's, he's a menace against us. He loves playing to the Ravens. It's like, I mean, I'm not throwing him in Heinz Ward territory or anything. He's not that much of a bastard. But man, a guy plays well. well. He shows up who against us. Ball out against us, like oh my god, it's the worst. And there's there's always those players that I feel like I'm watching, like I, they can just never get enough of the ball. Yeah, oh my god, but such an underrated yeah, he, wide receiver. That dude has he, been, you know, just a he's he's been a great receiver his whole career, man. He's oh, you know, kudos to yeah, him. Did, did I we mean, get to his quote? Did we say his quote? You say I, I, it. I, so his quote was, they grab a lot, they're going to play physical, you're right, and I don't really think that's a dig, and then here we go, they make the referees be a part of the game, we have to find a way to create spaces and make the tough catches. And again, I think this goes back to what we were just talking about, I, the game is going soft, and I just it's just a different experience when you're watching, like, could you imagine... Again, I, I wasn't super. I mean, I, I mean, I watched sports, but I wasn't really into watching press conferences when I was in the fifth grade. Could you imagine seeing Heinz Ward say that back then? <laughs> it's just no, no chance. Oh man. Yeah, but there wasn't as much social media and stuff right. back then. I mean, it was there, but it's it wasn't friggin' mandatory like it is now. Like shit, you can't. No one can hold a thought in their friggin' head. They got to throw it on freaking twitter or instagram or something you know what i'm saying they just can't keep shit to themselves it's uh it's wild as everybody has to have attention or you know gotta have likes and clicks you know so right you know whatever so let's talk about the keys to this game like what's going to how are we gonna win this game blake i mean what like we're playing uh, jekyll and hyde football i guess you could say um okay Cleveland obviously coming off of a great win against Tennessee. Um, they're seeming to play pretty well. Um, they're playing great at the right time where Baltimore's still just this what's what are we gonna get this weekend type of right. Yeah, so what what do we expect here? I think, Go ahead. I think this comes down to and there, there's a lot of keys. But I think the one major key is going to come down to what Baker Mayfield is going to step on that field on Monday. I mean, that the Tennessee game, he, he showed up to play, but there's other games this year where I, I've watched a good amount of Browns games, and it's just not the same Baker every week. And I see you put a, a little statistic on here. Uh, yeah, his, yeah. His grade significantly drops when he's pressured. So, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. I was going to say the same thing. Like, you know, we could talk about running game. We can talk about our rushing attack versus their rushing attack with Nick Chubb and all of this and that. I really agree. I think this game 
really comes down to Baker Mayfield. What what kind of plays is he going to make? What you know, how is he going to handle the pressure? Because like you said, there's some you know, some interesting statistics out there and you know, and you know, according to like pro football focus, like in a clean pocket, you know, he posts like an over a ninety, you know, QB rating. But when he's under duress, when he's under pressure, it drops to thirty two. That's that's crazy. And and when he played when he played against Tennessee the other day, he was only pressured once on thirty three dropbacks. And, and and Baltimore blitzes about 43% of the time compared to Tennessee's 28%. So he's going to see a lot more pressure from us. We've got that defensive line all intact now. We've got both of our edge rushers healthy and ready. So what do you think? What Baker Mayfield are we going to see Monday? So I it's hard for me to make a prediction, but if I, if I really had to, man, I, I'm, I'm going I'm to be both ways here. If we don't generate pressure on Baker Mayfield, we let him sit back there, which is very possible. But I mean, we're and the sack numbers don't show it, but we're getting there. And it, I don't, I don't want to make it seem like our pass rush is non-existent because it's not. It's there, but with Judon back, and I feel like he's gonna come back to this COVID pretty well. I mean, it seems like all of our players really much have. But man, if you let Baker sit back and just toss it against us, especially the way our, our secondary has been getting targeted. And Jimmy Smith, his absence, if he's not there, oh, man. If, if, if Jimmy's not there and Baker's allowed to sit back and just pick us apart as he pleases, we're going to lose this game. I'm just going to be honest. But do, do I have us winning? It's very possible. I mean, this game is going to be close. I, I really, I'm not going to lie. I won't give a score this week. This game is going to be tremendously close. But, um, man. Oof. Uh, Baker, that's all it's going to come, come down to. He, he showed up against Tennessee, and do I think he gets out of this game turnover-free? No. I think he's going to toss one bad ball that he wishes he could have had back. But um, I, I think he has a uh, he has a, a chip on his shoulder. I, I mean, I know Baker, he's very corny when you watch his post game, and he's always saying he has something to prove. And I mean, I guess he does in a sense. But considering the beating we put on them week one, Man, he, he, he needs to he needs to have a bounce back and it's gonna be a lot closer than week one. This is gonna be huge for him. This is a game that like he's gotta prove that he can win these types of games. I mean, this is like this is big for him. Um it's obviously it's big for everyone involved. This is a huge game. Um but he, I think it's bigger for us, to be honest oh, with you. But it's a big is. game for both teams and you know, divisional it's a rivalry. Uh, I mean, we could go on all day about what's at stake here. So, yeah, I'm really interested. I, I, I'm interested in seeing what Baker we get on Monday, and I think that's the deciding factor. I really, really do. I think our, our team's going to get ours a little bit. But if we, if we can't get pressure on Baker Mayfield, we lose this game, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, I mean, I, as much as that pains me to say, it's just the truth. Like, if we don't get to him – I mean, they're gonna run that play action. They're gonna they're gonna mix it up and give the ball to Chubb. Like, I mean, Chubb is gonna do some damage here. I don't know what Kareem is gonna do, but man, they're gonna do some. It, it's gonna be a lot of running of the football. Man, it, I don't. I really. I don't. Again, I don't have a score. The score is always tough in these close divisional games. But because to be honest, week one, I would have never predicted we would have blown them out of the water like we did. 
but um yeah especially because in that first week they ran for 138 yards right you know they're gonna get theirs like yeah you know nick chubb and 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 kareem hunt both you know did all right i mean nick chubb had like 10 carries for 60 yards you know kareem hunt i think had 13 carries for 72 against us so they ran the ball against us but they just couldn't they couldn't seal the day they couldn't close it they couldn't score those touchdowns we we beat them up pretty good and some of that stuff was garbage anyways garbage yards and whatnot but uh yeah i'm i'm interested in seeing what patrick queen and malik harrison do here like we kind of talked about with the tennessee game when we were previewing that i feel the same way here we got to stop that run and we've got to put pressure on Baker. I mean, really and truly, my prediction, like, for the season, uh, I mean, this is – I don't want to say it's your season, but every game has your season on the line. Like, 10-6, and six, I know we mentioned it way earlier in the podcast, but, I mean, is 10-6 and six good enough? Yeah, but is it – are you 100% sure? Like, and I guarantee we'll go to the playoffs 10-6? and six? Probably not. But I also think a big part about this game is getting Mark Andrews back. Because I don't. Whenever he plays against the Browns, man, he he always plays a pretty good game. So I, I'm just glad we're getting back our team. I don't. Healthy, yeah. Kind of. I, and, and and you know, get Mark Andrews back is huge. It's huge. But I just don't want to see Baltimore come out there and throw the ball a million times. I don't. You know, I do not want to see that. What I want to see is us run the ball like we did against Dallas. Um, you know we're back in first place as far as the NFL. I mean we're we're averaging 169 rushing yards a game. The Browns allow 104 rushing yards per game. We ran for 111 yards against them in Week One. So I'm interested in seeing you know what happens here. I I hope we run for a lot more yards than 111. But um, you know if we can get about 150 rushing yards here, 160. If we can get up there to where we're averaging, I feel really good about this game, you know, because it's going to keep that offense of theirs off the field and uh, just give us more opportunities to score. And again, you know. like, I mean, keep our defense fresh. It's been three months, so you got to take into account, like, who's missing them? I mean, our, our franchise, all pro tackle is not going to be on there. Like, he's not going to be on the field against Miles Garrett. So. Nope. I mean, fortunately, we have a we have a very good backup plan. Not quite Ronnie Stanley, but I mean, Orlando Brown's been playing extremely good football. Easy so. money, right? <laughs> Sick day, right? So, like, I, I mean, Miles Garrett. I mean, he's a defensive player of the year candidate. So, he's gonna have his impact. He's gonna get. He's gonna win some snaps here and there. But you you can't let him take over this game. It, it's gonna be a nail biter. It really is, and I, I'm I'm already preparing for that. But um. Yeah, this will not be a blowout. This is gonna no. this is gonna come down to possibly who has the ball last. I wouldn't be surprised to see a son of a bitch go into overtime. To be honest right. with you, and I mean, you know. I know the Browns like this game. I, I they just won the biggest game of their season, I'd say, against Tennessee because Tennessee, man, we know we know what Tennessee brings. So that that was a huge win for them. And coming off that, they're about as red hot as they can get right now. And I, they're only looking to build off that. So I mean. Yep. Again, like they, you you said we can talk about really the run game. We can talk about Jarvis Landry. We can talk about Miles Garrett. But again, it's all gonna come down to number six. Is he gonna come out looking like the of the bum from last year? Is he gonna come out looking like the Baker we saw last Sunday, who just actually, I mean, he 
he looked incredible. I mean, I don't love comp- or complimenting Baker Mayfield, but he looked very, very good, and I'll give credit where it's due. So I, I will say does it make me more confident that our, we're getting our team back as about as healthy as they're going to get? Yeah, but, man, again, this is going to be a nail-biter regardless of who's on that field. You're absolutely right. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It's not going to be a blowout. It's going but, to be close. But I, I will say, and I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, if, if we do get this win, if we do, this is a great sign. A great sign. And it's, I mean, the rest of the season, if, if they don't win out, if they get past this game, it's really shame on them. Again, I know you mentioned the Giants earlier, but like I, the Ravens team is good enough to beat the Giants. And well, yeah, I mean, we've beaten the only t- we've only beaten two good teams this year, really. And, and if you want to call, I mean, Cleveland was one of them, and the right. other one was Indianapolis. That's the only that's the two best teams we've beaten this year. Anyone else? Tennessee, New England, uh, Kansas City, you know, Pittsburgh. We've lost to them all. So right. we've we've got to come out here and prove to our they, these guys got to prove to themselves that they can do this shit, you know? Right, and I, I think that we, we we've, we've suffered so many tough losses and so many heartbreakers, and again, like I mean, I, I'm I grow up. I mean, where I grow up, I have uh, I'm I'm a Pennsylvania, so I have I have Steeler friends, and uh, really, it's really an assortment, and everybody just forgets how good Baltimore is, and they think it, like these the losses we've taken, like. People seem to forget that we had control of those games, mm-hmm. and I think that's one thing you got to really pay attention to. We were beating Pittsburgh. We had damn, we had control over. It. Like, there was a point in the Tennessee game where I'm like, damn, I think we got this one in the bag. But I think that's more important, like holding those leads, especially come playoff time. If we do make it, it's really that uh, the the throat on the foot mentality, and that that's really what you it needs. They to, just got to play four quarters. They got to play four quarters. Sorry. Yeah. Exactly. Play four quarter football and never let your foot off the gas. So I mean, I think that's really the key. And man, I'm I'm really excited for this game because it's if we ooh, this I, is I a bit. It's just I'm it's speechless. a big one. It's important. It's it important. important. And plus, we've got a lot of you know a lot of people we know that are Browns fans, and we just don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> so, right. I mean, it's the yeah. biggest game of the season, and I mean, did, did I think it would come down to us on in the hunt? No. If I would, if you would have told me that before the season, I would have said you're crazy. But man, this is what this is what's going to come down to. We well, gotta, you know we we've yeah we've done all the talking that we can do. Now we just got to sit back and and wait to see what happens. So yeah, hopefully uh, we have a, a happy bye. Yeah, yeah. So you know, hopefully podcast next week's show week. is going to be a happy a happy little podcast. So, um, but yeah, you know, so that you know, guys, that does it for our show. Thanks uh, to all our listeners to, uh, you know, giving us to giving us a listen. There, we didn't have really any Twitter questions or anything to get to tonight, so we're just gonna go ahead. And... We'll have them next week. I'll promise oh, you, yeah. have them next week. Oh yeah. So we're gonna, Are they leave gonna be it at good? That. Are they gonna be bad? We'll see. All right. So for everyone out there, thank you again for listening to the Back Row Ravens Show. Uh, for Blake and for myself, um, you know, tune in next week. But until then, we're out of here.